Thanks to Health IQ for supporting Motley Fool Answers. Health IQ uses science and data to secure lower rates on life insurance. To see if you qualify, go to healthiq.com slash fool to take the proprietary Health IQ quiz and potentially save up to 41% on premiums. Also, thanks to LinkedIn for supporting Motley Fool Answers. LinkedIn Jobs screens candidates with the hard and soft skills you're looking for, so you can hire the right person fast. Find the right person with LinkedIn Jobs. Get $50 off your first job post at linkedin.com fool. This is Motley Fool Answers. I'm Allison Southwick, and I'm joined, as always, by Monsieur Brokamp, personal oui, finance expert oui. here at the Motley Fool. Hi, bro. How are you? Just fine. How are you? You doing okay over there? I'm doing. You're struggling with that water, weren't you? I did just a little bit. <laughs> this week's episode, we're going to see how big financial issues in America, like the cost of college, debt, retirement savings, well, how does it look in other countries? All that and more on this week's episode of Motley Full Answers. So, uh, Allison, what's up? I'll tell you what's up. I have got such a travel bug right in me. I am just like dying to book tons of travel and go somewhere. And I think it's just how you feel like in winter in February after all the holidays have just died down. Yes. So I thought, well, what are some of the best places to retire? Comma internationally. This this show has an international flavor to it. That's so, true. I did some very extensive internet searches <laughs> and researched this for um, at least thirty minutes today. Good for you. It's been a tough week. I'll be honest. The show did not take a priority on the other things I was doing, but whatever. It, it, the pasta. This is how the pasta gets made, or sausage. <laughs> whatever. Apparently, I'm also hungry. <laughs> All right, so let's start in with Investopedia looked at the cost of living index and the global peace index to determine the cheapest and safest places to retire. So, if not spending a lot of money and not getting stabbed is high on your list of retirement goals, then let me count down the top three. Number three was Czech Republic. And if you want to do this, get in now because Right now, Czech Republic only has about 6,000 American expats there at the moment. So it turns out Czech Republic is very safe and pretty cheap to live in. And beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I've never been. I would love to go. They have a lot of castles, apparently. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Prague is beautiful, but even some of the outlying at Karlovy Vary, which is this old spa town, gorgeous. Okay, let's go. All right, then we're done. Segment's done. We decided it. We're going to Czech Republic. Well, the point is, if you want to go, like now's the time to think about doing it because it's apparently not many people have thought about it yet. All right, number two, Australia. Really? Bestopedia suggests that you can retire on two hundred thousand dollars in savings and Social Security in Australia because of the cost of living. Although I'm pretty sure anyone who is listening to this in Sydney just spat their flat white out from surprise (laughs) because I think I think maybe they were thinking yes, Australia. If you're going to live way out in the bush and not in like a, a town, anyway. And Australia is kind of a big place. That's that's a bold claim there. Yeah. I know, right? They're like, yeah, that's fine. All right. And then, so their number one place for cheap and safe to retire is Austria. Dubbed the Swiss alternative, Austria offers the beauty of Switzerland, excellent infrastructure, and a high living standard, but at a price that's easier on the budget. So you get Switzerland at Austrian prices. Especially if you're fans of The Sound of Music. Salzburg can, is beautiful. You can save money by making clothes out of curtains. That's it. There we go. Hey, another Sound of Music reference. <laughs> Topical. 
All right. Well, what if you're flush with money because you invested so wisely with the Motley Fool's advice? Well, U.S. News and World Report put together their list of where affluent people should consider retiring abroad. Number three was... Yeah, why settle for Austria when you can have Switzerland? Yes, the real thing came in at number three because of its favorable taxes, neutrality, and all that other good Swissy stuff. Number two was, interestingly enough, on their list, Australia, because apparently it has everything. It's a place for affluent people and the cash strapped. So, in this case, uh, U.S. News, I think, was more focusing on the cities and how nice it is to live in Australia. I told you this was not a lot of tough research that was done, I don't think, on anyone's part, really, mine or who I'm citing. Australia's a really big place. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we got options. And the number one place that U.S. News & World Report said that affluent people should consider retiring uh, from America. For the fourth consecutive year, New Zealand came in at number one for a comfortable retirement. I've never been. You've been, Rick, right? Nope. It's top of my bucket list, though. There we go. Well, just end there. It could be where you kick the bucket. All right. Well, what about the best overall place to retire? International Living Magazine compiles their annual list based on the journalists and editors that they have on the ground in international countries and what they have to say. Number three, Costa Rica, which is also known as, and I'm not making this up, the Switzerland of Central America. (laughs) So, I don't know what everyone's deal is with Switzerland, but it was just kept coming up in my research. Uh, so, a couple can live comfortably on $2,000 a month in Costa Rica. Apparently, Costa Ricans are very nice people. There's lots of activities and a lovely climate. I've been to Costa Rica, so here's a good piece of advice I got about traveling around Costa Rica. Maybe it applies to the rest of the world. It's that, yes, Costa Ricans are nice people, um, but you can judge the friendliness of a town by how friendly their stray dogs are. So, if you enter a town and the stray dogs are... Um, not friendly, then you should move on to another town in Costa Rica. <laughs> Never heard that before. In my Makes life. sense though, right? Because if like the dogs are are mean and scared, then it's probably because the people around them aren't being nice to them. And so, don't they also have monkeys running around Costa Rica? Yeah, howler monkeys. Yeah. We heard howler monkeys when we visited. Yeah, yeah. Is that top on your list? Well, it's like, I do I need to make a list of the top countries to retire that have monkeys? We're actually thinking of going there, so that's one of the things my kids have been like, what? We get to go to a place where there are monkeys running around? So, it's a selling point. Oh, yeah, and there's a volcano. We saw lava. Insane. Yeah, yeah Costa Rica is great. Pretty. All right, number two from International Living's list of the best places to retire. Panama. So, Panama won last year overall, but this year it's in second place. Just three hours by plane from Miami. You can rent an ocean view condo for as little as $1,500 a month in the cosmopolitan city of Panama City. Healthcare there is solid, and their pensionado program of discounts uh, is made available to retirees, and it means you get like 25% off your energy bills and airline tickets and just lots of other stuff. So, Panama. I've never thought about going to Panama. No, and it's a good thing you bring up healthcare. Because this is an emerging trend where people retire overseas because you can live a very decent lifestyle on a much lower cost than what you'd have in the U.S. But it's important to know that Medicare does not cover any sort of healthcare services outside of the U.S. Now, in places like Panama, the healthcare is so cheap that you're still fine. But just know that if you have major surgery, a lot of times these people have to fly back to the U.S. if they want it covered by Medicare. Hmm. All right. And the number one place to live to retire according to international living is Portugal 
a dear friend of ours here at the Fool just That's retired right. to Portugal. Yeah. Good old Peter. So, I will say their uh, methodology here, they only looked at 24 countries, um, and this website really has a thing for Portugal. So, why is number? Why did they pick Portugal as the number one place to retire? Well, they say it's very affordable. The, client, the climate is delightful. Healthcare is good. Food is good. History, tons of things to do, etc. It's all great. But they said the best part is that it's the people, because they're very welcoming to foreigners. And just, it's a great place to make friends. It's uh, the third safest country in the world, the second cheapest in Europe. Wow. And a couple can live a comfortable lifestyle for about $2,500 a month. More if you're living in the city. Yeah. But there you go. So, those were some of the places I found for us to consider to retire to. You excited? I am excited. Yeah, there's lots of people who, who live very exciting retirements on less than $30,000 a year by living all over the world. All right, well, let's be, let's be some of them. Rick's on board. Are we going to retire the podcast? Just move off to Portugal and broadcast from there? Yeah, but the topic is just going to be about monkeys. <laughs> and that, bro, is what's up. This episode of Motley Fool Answers is brought to you by Health IQ. You average eight hours of sleep a night, you exercise, you eat well, you're a generally healthy person. Wouldn't it be nice to save money because of it? If you're a Motley Fool Answers listener, I know the answer to that. If you exercise regularly, or maybe you're a vegetarian or vegan, then you could be rewarded for your hard work with more affordable life insurance rates through Health IQ. Health IQ can save you up to 41% because physically active people have significantly lower risks for heart disease, cancer, and diabetes. But these savings are exclusive to Health IQ. You won't find them anywhere else, and you must qualify to get a special rate. To see if you qualify, go to healthiq.com to take the proprietary Health IQ quiz. Depending upon your score, as well as other related qualifying factors, you can save up to 41% on your life insurance premiums compared to other providers. That's healthiq.com. Thanks to LinkedIn Jobs for supporting Motley Fool Answers. Hiring the right people is one of the best ways to grow your business, but it shouldn't take time away from your other priorities. With LinkedIn Jobs, it doesn't have to. Our recruiting team here at The Motley Fool uses LinkedIn Jobs to help them find the right candidates efficiently. We're looking for skills that aren't always obvious from a resume alone, such as creativity, growth mindset, and adaptability. And that's where LinkedIn Jobs excels. LinkedIn looks beyond the work skills and puts your job post in front of qualified candidates who match your business requirements perfectly. LinkedIn makes sure your job post is seen by the people you want to hire, people with skills, qualifications, and other interests that will help your business grow. It's no wonder that a person is hired every eight seconds with LinkedIn. Find the right person for your business today with LinkedIn Jobs. Get $50 off. Just visit linkedin.com slash fool. That's linkedin.com slash fool to get $50 off your first job post. Terms and conditions apply. Around the world I've searched for you. Dedicated listeners will remember that last week we took a look at the finances of the average American. But here's a newsflash for you. America is not the only country in the world. In fact, U.S. residents only make up 4% of the globe's population. But like 90% of it's hot air. (laughs) Right? Americans like to talk. Something like that. I love being American, though. Yeah. God bless us all and all, or something like that. Anyways, there are actually 195 countries. Um, Two of them are sort of considered semi-countries. One of them, Palestine, one of the Holy See, known as the Vatican. There are 195 other countries. So I took a look and tried to see what financial data I could find on how the rest of the world looks. So a couple of disclaimers here. 
Um, the information is often conflicting, and I, many of the studies and reports that I read did not include information for all 195 countries, partially because for a lot of countries, the economic data is not very clear. But I did find some good reports, so let's dig into it, starting with income. And I got this data from worlddata.info. Last week, we pointed out that the median income for a U.S. household is 63000 Where does that put us compared to the rest of the world? Well, the top 10, number one is Monaco, with a median income of $186,000. Wow. Then Liechtenstein at 116 and Bermuda at 106. Then it goes Switzerland, Norway, Macau, Luxembourg, Iceland. United States comes in at number nine. And then rounding out number 10 hmm. is Ireland at $61,000. The bottom 10, now this list only had 77 countries, so not all countries were on it. Uh, but the bottom, the Dem Democratic Republic of Congo, annual household income of $490. Then Madagascar, Afghanistan, Ethiopia, Cambodia, Pakistan, Kenya, Bangladesh, Nigeria, and this one surprised me at number 10, India has an average household income of just $2,000. Um, because this has been in the news recently, I thought I'd mention that number 12 is actually the Ukraine with median income of 2,600, which I thought was interesting given uh, how I didn't realize it was as poor as it is. It made me maybe get a little bit more appreciation of why aid from the United States is so important to them. Um, one country that was not on this list that I'm sure would be towards the bottom, if not at the very bottom, and that is Haiti. Another source found that the average household income in Haiti per year is $450. What's the median? If you look at right at the middle, well, according to this list, it's actually Poland, median household income of $14,000. So that gives you an idea of how good we have it in the United yeah. States. Um, so people, that's how much people are making. How much are people saving? A lot of data on how the rest of the world does, I got from the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, otherwise known as the OECD. So the countries with the top 10 savings rates, by number, by, number one by far, China, average savings rate of 47%. Number two was Chile coming in at 21%. And then it goes down to Norway, Korea, Russia, Brazil, Switzerland, Denmark, Israel, and Sweden at 12%. So you may recall from last week, U.S. is around 5 6 7%. These days, it's actually up to over 7%, but just a few years ago, it was down to 5%. Um, so I did actually look into why is the savings rate in China so high? Um, and one report I found basically chalked it up to the, at least partially, to the one-child policy that was in effect from the late 70s to 2015. Essentially, because they only had one kid, they had a lot of, <laughs> had a lot of money to save. But also, in China, um, you rely on your kids to help you in retirement. If you didn't have as many kids, chances are your kid would be with maybe their spouse's family, so you had that incentive to save more. Um, One-child policy went away in 2015, and indeed the savings rate in China, as well as across all of Asia, is starting to come down. Fascinating. Yeah. So the bottom five, who has the worst savings rate? Uh, the bottom, at least according to this report, is Greece, with a savings rate of negative 7.5. Portugal and Latvia also have negative savings rates. United Kingdom coming in at number four with a savings rate of 0 0.1. Wow. Yeah. And then uh, Italy and Finland with a savings rate of 1.2. So I suppose many of these people are planning to rely on the social services. And as we'll talk about later, certainly many of countries have bigger social, at least retirement safety nets or at least bigger pension plans. 
But goodness gracious, that's pretty tough if your savings rate is a negative 7.5%. Now, let's move on to net worth. And this information is going to come from the Global Wealth Report of 2019 from Credit Suisse, which releases this every year. And these numbers are as of the middle of 2019, so relatively updated. Um, the big thing about this is there's a big difference between um, median net worth, which is where half people have more and half people have less, and average. Because as we'll discuss, there's a, throughout the world, there's big wealth disparity. Um, it's bigger in the U.S. than most other places, but throughout the world, there's big wealth disparity. So, let's just start with the average uh, wealth per adult in the world is $70,850. However, the median is only $7,000. So, in other words, if you have a net worth of $7,000, you have more than half of the other adults in the world. If you have a net worth of $109,000, that puts you in the top 10% of the globe. Um, and if you have a net worth of a million dollars, almost a million dollars, you're in the top 1%. Um, so, uh, where does the US fall on this? The median net worth of an adult is $65,000. What's number one? Switzerland at 227891 And then Australia, Japan, Canada, United Kingdom on down. The bottom ones, at least according to this list, and again, doesn't have all countries, uh, Indonesia with a median net worth of $1,977. Moving on to millionaires, the United States accounts for 40% of the millionaires in the world and 40% of people in the top 1% of global wealth distribution. So the number of millionaires in the United States uh, as of 2009, halfway through 2019, that is, 18.6 million millionaires. Number two was China at 4.4 million. So we've got a lot of millionaires here in the United States. Um, just talking about in terms of concentration of wealth, uh, United States, again, is, is up there. It's number four among the major developed countries. The top 1% own about 35% of the country's wealth. The worst is Russia. The top 1% own almost 60% of Russia's wealth. The actual median net worth of someone in Russia is only $3,683. So, huge wealth concentration in Russia. And just a couple other stats about this um, uh, from the report. So, their estimates suggest that the lower half of the global population collectively owns less than 1% of global wealth. The richest 10% own 82% of all wealth. Let's move on to college. Now, last week, we talked about average costs of college here in the United States, um, anywhere from $21,950 if you're going in-state, public school, four years, um, it's that much per year, up to private, it's almost $50,000 a year. Where does U.S. tuition compare to the rest of the world? Again, according to the OECD, and another OECD report, where does our tuition fall, only the United Kingdom charges more to, for tuition. Every other country charges more, including a third of developed countries don't charge anything for tuition. Um, and a third of them charge less than $3,000. Uh, so, one question, of course, is why is this? Well, number one, fewer of our taxes go to paying college educations. Um, so, that's number one. 
So to a certain degree, we have to pay for it in one way. Other countries are paying for it, but they're just paying for it with their taxes. But also, and I've learned this from a report, uh, an article in The Atlantic entitled, Why is College in America so expensive? by Amanda Ripley. She had a couple of interesting points. First of all, the U.S. ranks number one in spending on student welfare services, such as housing, meals, health care, stuff like that. In the rest of the world, you have a, more people are not living in dorms, so you'll have more people working from home or living in other situation. They're not living in dorms. But another thing is that the people who work at universities, uh, there are more people, and the U.S. is the only country besides Luxembourg, where there are more people working at the university who are not teachers. In other words, every other country, the majority of the workforce are the people actually teaching the students. In the US, US, it's more administrative, marketing, admissions, that type of thing. Just two more categories here. One is debt. How does the United States compare to the rest of the world in terms of debt? Well, we like to borrow money. Yeah. There are not that many countries. In fact, really only Canada comes as close as to us as uh, in terms of how much we borrow. Italy, only 25.5% of households have any debt. Um, France and Germany, it's less than 50%. The number one com- most common form of debt in the U.S. and around the world is credit cards. In Canada, 82% of people who are 15 or older have a credit card. Um, USA, it's, almost, it's 65%, although if you look at other stats, it's actually much higher than that. A lot of other countries actually are not that fond of using credit cards. France, only 40% of adults have credit cards. China and Russia, only 20%. Saudi Arabia, only 16%. Um, So a lot of other countries are much more interested in using cash. For example, in Germany, 75% of all transactions are paid for in cash, not in debt. Germans in general just don't like debt. So if you look at mortgages around the world, if you look at developed countries, most are similar to the U.S. in that about two-thirds of people have a mortgage and about a third own their home outright. In Germany, it's something like 40% of people have a mortgage. Paying off the debt is pretty important and pretty important to them. Finally, we come to retirement. Um, and it was very difficult to try to compare retirement in the U.S. to other countries because other countries have different systems. Um, not every country even has anything like a savings account, like a 401k, or as they call it in New Zealand, the Kiwi Saver. More people rely, I know, isn't that cute? Uh, other countries have much more robust pension systems. Um, but I'll just say a, f- a interesting, couple of interesting things I noticed looking at the countries. So I, f- I first started looking at what's the average age of retirement in other countries. And most of the studies I looked at defined average age is when you're able to get the country's most prominent retirement system, which in the U.S. is Social Security. There are pensions and other things like that. And in the U.S., the full age this year, if you want the full benefit, is 66, but you can claim it at as early as 62 or delay as late as 70. Um, but it's 66 to get the full benefit. When you look across other countries, the majority of them are younger. So anywhere from 60 to 62, 63, 64. And in about half the countries, there are different ages for men and women. In the women, it's younger. However, what is happening now is like every other, like in the U.S., every other country is experiencing funding problems. Um, the, all these pensions, most of these pensions are not well-funded, partially because of not enough money going in, but also partially because, depending on how it's funded, um, returns on the investments and things like that. So what's happening now across most of these, many of the countries, the retirement age is going up. 
partially because people are living longer, which is putting a strain on the finances, but also because a lot of these programs are a lot more generous than what we have in the United States. So if you were to look at um, the average replacement rate of Social Security, uh, it replaces 40 to 49% of your working wage. Many programs replace up to 100%. In fact, people in France, people who are 65 and older, actually have higher incomes than people who are working. And a lot of these people are figuring out that's kind of unsustainable. The problem is, when they have tried to change these, that happened in France, also happened in Russia, their retirement age in Russia was like 58 or something like that. And they tried to move it up. Huge protests. Protests, Huge protests. Um, So things are gradually moving up. And what many countries are doing is tying that retirement age to life expectancy, which to me makes total sense. And I, I assume at some point we at the US, in the U.S. have to do the same thing, to where you, you have to wait later if we're all going to be living longer. So that's it. That's how the rest of the world looks according to the U.S. And, and I was looking at all of it and thinking, on the one hand, we're, we in the U.S. have some struggles, right? We have to pay more for college. Social Security does not cover as much. Um, when you look at the 35 most developed countries, U.S. is among seven that has where one in five people over the age 65 are living in poverty. And that's because the Social Security system isn't as generous as other countries. On the other hand, when you look at our average net worth and our average income compared to the rest of the world, I think we should all feel pretty lucky. So, bro, while you were talking, and believe me, I was riveted. <laughs> There's a lot of numbers. I love it. Uh, I actually thought, well, let's look up and see how many listeners we have from different countries around the world, right? And so, predominantly, our listeners are from America because we talk about American stuff like 401ks and things like that. Um, do you want to guess how many listener country listeners we have? How many listeners from how many countries? Uh, Fifty. 137. I just looked at a random one random episode and it's showing 137 different countries. So, uh, for example, we have one listener in Mongolia. It <laughs> <laughs> says one download from Mongolia. We got Gambia and Fiji and I don't know, Moldova, Belarus, El Salvador, all these. We have just one. One listener. So Sounds I don't know amazing. if it's people on if it's people on vacation. Wow. Um Apparently, we have one listener in Iran. I don't know how we know that, but we do. I think these people owe us some postcards. Well, <laughs> I think yes, I think that's true. Um, so let's see. We have. I know this is about as exciting as listing popular names, but um, we have two listeners in Mauritius, so they could get together and have a meetup. <laughs> so, Say hey, oh, you listen to Molly Full Answers? Oh, me too. Uh, so that's. Awesome. Just give a shout out to our two listeners in Bangladesh. I see you. I see you. So, all right, bro. Well, thank you for taking us on this trip around the world. I would love to hear from our listeners because I think we have a lot of listeners who've probably retired and having living an exciting time all over the world. So, uh, I would love to hear your story. So, please share, um, drop us a line, answers at fool.com, and let us know what exciting adventures you're doing on your retirement around the world. And what do you think? Do you have a recommendation? Should we, should we go to Portugal? I don't know. I don't think they have monkeys, so it might be off the list. And I also like that you guys aren't pushing back on the idea that we're all retiring together in this community. We're going to start our own villages. Sounds good to me. With more monkeys, though. 
All right. That's the show. It's edited neutrally by Rick Engdahl. Uh, again, our answer, our email is answers at fool.com. For Robert Brokamp, I'm Allison Southwick. Stay foolish, everybody, no matter where you are in the world.